This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The following is a hoop bowl presentation. It's kind of hard to believe that it's still July, right? We were spoiled with all that early free agent action the Lakers constructing their roster in what felt like a matter of moments. And now here we are, chomping at the bit, just waiting, salivating, trying to contain ourselves in anticipation of this Lakers season ahead. What's up, everybody? You're here with your main man, Ethan. Welcome back to the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. And on today's episode, we got a number of things to go over. It feels like there's not a whole lot going on, but there's still a few things worth discussing. You know, especially when it comes to that starting lineup, because I think a lot of people are wondering what direction the Lakers are going to point themselves in through training camp into the preseason and as we move forward into the regular season. So we'll get into that. And let me just tease it by saying this, okay? Let me just say this. I know there's been a lot of talk about LeBron playing point guard, starting at point guard. That's all fine and good. The reality is I don't think he's going to start at the point guard, even if he assumes point guard responsibilities, okay? It's going to be the same show that we've seen throughout the duration of his career. Why do you think they go out and sign a guy like Quinn Cook, okay? So let's just start there, since we're already breaking off into the first five. I think that makes sense. So everybody's talking about the first five. They say, well, if LeBron's starting at the point, right, who's the the starting three? Do you start Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins all on the front line? Sort of weakens your bench a little bit, and that's a big lineup to trot out there. And sure, it's a possibility, but, you know, I don't think there's enough spacing with that lineup, even if it's Danny Green at the two. And so I think instead what makes more sense is for Quinn Cook to actually start at the one, right, have Danny Green in the backcourt with him. And then LeBron, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins up front. I think that's the first five that makes the most sense, right? Because it allows them to take advantage of two plus shooters from the outside in both Cook and Green. LeBron and AD on the pick and roll, or LeBron and DeMarcus Cousins on the pick and roll. Whatever machination you can imagine, right? And it also allows them to bring Kuzma off the bench and for him to sort of be the focal point against second units, as well as dominate against second units, at least in theory. But you know, it also wouldn't surprise me, dependent upon how DeMarcus Cousins looks, right? Dependent upon his health, his stamina, all those things, the the master plan in terms of his treatment. If DeMarcus Cousins were to come off the bench, maybe even occasionally, right, as a way to sort of integrate him back into the flow of things, get him some work against second units. Regardless, I think, You know, AD and Cousins wind up in the starting lineup together. I really don't think they make that move for Cousins without that expectation just because of the relationship there with Anthony Davis especially. I mean, he really campaigned for him to be a part of this team and specifically be at center alongside of him. You know, AD's made no secret of the fact that he does not like to play the five. He will do it, but he definitely prefers the four and thinks of himself that way. So when we're talking about the Lakers' first five, I think that's the group that makes the most sense. You have Kuzma off the bench. You have KCP off the bench. Most importantly, you have Rondo off the bench. And, you know, I I know there's a lot of Rondo vitriol out there, for lack of a better way to say it. But the reality is, 
Okay, I know he has his flaws, but in that particular role with the second unit, with his minutes managed the correct way, I think he can still be an effective player in this league, right? He can sort of just get out there with the second unit, let it fly, run up and down the floor with rim runner JaVale McGee. Okay, that's a good fit for him in that specific way. And also, I'm not just going to get my panties twisted up over here, right? You heard me correctly. I'm not going to get all twisted up and in my feelings about all that stuff with Rondo on a minimum contract and two point guards in Cook and Alex Caruso being paid more than him. And both of those guys, you know, really should be probably playing ahead of him, right? I don't know that there's going to be room in the rotation for all three of those guys to play, and it feels like Caruso's probably the odd man out, even if the play says otherwise. But that's something to watch in training camp for sure. And so, you know, we got a pretty good idea of the first five, at least in my mind, and feel free to disagree with me. You know, that's why we do this thing out here. But in terms of the last five, you know, I think that's the closing lineup, and that's people what people should be more interested in. I mean, if you're a Lakers fan, right, you expect every game to start off on a positive note. It doesn't always work that way, but that's your expectation. But you certainly want to finish strong. And I think this season there's going to be a different set of expectations. If this Lakers team doesn't win, it's, a, it's going to be a disappointment, right? There was a lot of rationalization of last year, LeBron's first year, the injuries, the youth, this, that, the other. But this year, there's not going to be any of that available because of the roster that they've been able to produce, even though it's without Kawhi Leonard. Okay, the expectations are definitely elevated this year. And I think in terms of the closing lineup, what you're going to be looking at is obviously you're going to have LeBron and AD on the floor, right? You, you're more than likely going to have Kyle Kuzma out there. I think that's the expectation, at least going into the season. And if he's not a part of that closing lineup, something has gone wrong. Okay, so you have those three. And here's where it can, it, it's going to get interesting for me because, you know, I was talking with uh, Dan, our good friend here, Dan Bespris. If you don't know Dan, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're new to the show. And if you are new to the show, you definitely want to check out our sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, right? That's what we call connecting the dots, people. Find them on Amazon or wherever your previous favorite bag of coffee might have been sold. So I was talking to Dan just before we started recording this show, and I said, Dan, you know, this Avery Bradley thing, it's going to be very interesting, the first five, if he's a part of it or not. And Dan said, you know, I've been seeing a lot of Avery Bradley redemption stories, and wouldn't you happen to know it? So have I. I think you see a lot of, well, Avery Bradley thinks he could be the Boston version of himself sort of slant being taken. And that's great, and I love optimism in July, and it's all roses and right. One of my shades is yellow. One of my shades is purple, right? Okay, I get it in that specific way. But the reality is I don't think the Lakers would even go into the season saying, you know what, we can expect Avery Bradley to assume that role. That's something that we're going to bank on going into the season. And if anyone is operating under that impression, I think that logic is flawed. Okay, because the reality is we're not going to have a situation where Avery Bradley is just going to step on the court and be like, oh, I got it. Right. That's something he's going to have to grow into. And the potential for him to do that is certainly there. Right. Assuming his health is in place. Sounds like he's lost a bunch of weight. He seems to be very optimistic, something to prove. All of that is wonderful. But he has to show it because it's been a while since we've seen it. And therefore, it cannot be an expectation for this team. If it happens, it's something that can elevate the ceiling of this team, but it definitely can't be an expectation. And in terms of that last five, I think, you know, 
Danny Green's got to be a part of it, right? Just from a spacing perspective, he is this team's best shooter after all. That's the role he was signed for. So it's really about that fifth spot. Maybe sometimes it's Avery Bradley. Maybe sometimes it's DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe sometimes it's even JaVale McGee. Maybe it's sometimes it's it's a guy we're not even talking about. Maybe it's Alex Caruso on one of the one of the nights where the AC unit just decides to cool off the entire building, right? Whatever it winds up being, the Lakers have to be an effective team. I think that's an inarguable point. Anybody might say that about their favorite team, but the expectations are such that regardless of who is on the court, performance is going to be expected night in and night out. You know, Lakers finally have a direction, it feels like. They finally have an ability to say, hey, okay, we have LeBron James. We have Anthony Davis. We feel like we're going to have Anthony Davis for the long term. It's not a certainty, but we certainly feel like we're going to have him for the long term. It feels like the dots are sort of being connected and everything is aligning in place. And for me, that's what made the Ryan West departure so curious. In case you missed it, Ryan West, now former director of player personnel, is no longer with the Lakers. And the Lakers followed it up by saying, you know, this was a mutual decision, apparently. Ramona Shelburne of ESPN said that Ryan West and the team decided to part ways in the last few days. She tweeted this out. His contract was up and they mutually agreed he'd reached a ceiling with the team in the role he'd been in. Okay. As somebody who's been subjected to that particular scenario, obviously not working with the Lakers, but in terms of employment, that particular scenario, I can understand that. What I don't understand is if you have somebody organizationally, whether you work in pro basketball or you're managing a janitorial supply service, okay? If you have somebody organizationally who adds talent and is an asset and can be granted maybe more responsibility or a larger role, even if it's not directly in the department or area in which he or she is currently operating, then it's on you as a leader, as an ownership structure, as whatever it is, to find a place for that person because you don't want to let talent walk out the door. And I feel like that's sort of what's happening here with Ryan West, right? West is a guy who's been credited with a lot of the Lakers uh, draft success over the last several years, especially in the second round. And it's not like the Lakers are going to be in the player development business moving forward after the Anthony Davis trade, but those second round picks that they still own, those could have some value given how they're going to have to fill out the roster. Okay? So we'll see what happens. It's not going to be something that's felt on a tangible level this year in terms of the roster, but it just speaks to the general structuring, shall we say, of the organization at large and doesn't exactly answer some of the questions that so many people still have about who's exactly in charge of what when it comes to the Lakers. The good news is, after this fantastic period of so many acquisitions, signings, officially introducing Anthony Davis via trade, et cetera, et cetera, right? The Lakers, in a very rare move, because it feels like this never happens, were actually awarded a a waiver claim. And I know a lot of fans got excited because they saw a familiar name involved in the process. Of course, it wasn't Giannis, but Kostas Atenacumpo is a player that they claimed on a two-way deal from the Dallas Mavericks. I believe Kostas was like the 60th overall pick, something like that. And if I'm, if I'm mistaken on that, I apologize. There's a lot of random NBA facts and figures I know off the top of my head. And so sometimes those things get confused. Okay, 
But the reality is, usually, I'm pretty good. So check the scoreboard and the track record. That's what I got to say on that one. In terms of Kostas, you know, there's, of course, there was the predictable angle. Lakers are looking for a pipeline or a tunnel to Giannis in 2021 when he's scheduled to be a free agent. I mean, come on, man. Is it going to hurt? Absolutely not. Is it going to help? Absolutely not. The answer is the same. I mean, really, when you really think about it, do you think Giannis is sitting there saying, you know what? I have the potential to be the greatest player in this league. I'm coming off of an MVP season, and I'm thinking two years ahead in the future about my free agency. And you know what? The Lakers, they claim closest on that two-way deal. Ah, I'm going to give them the edge now. Like, come on, man. Let's not joke to ourselves with stuff like that. That, that to me, is a non-story. It's cool that the Lakers claimed him on the two-way deal. I'm excited to see what he's capable of doing. You know, I haven't really watched a ton of him play, uh, a ton of his play. He, he's, he played 40 games last year for the Texas Legends, the G League team, 25 starts. He averaged 25 and a half minutes, 10 and a half points, six boards, 1.3 blocks and a steal. So some interesting numbers, but at the G League level, nothing that's very eye-popping, to say the least. And so we'll see what comes of it. I think the more notable part of it, at least right now, is that means the Lakers now have two two-way players. So John Williams ain't going to be a part of this roster moving forward. And John Williams is an interesting player. I mean, he's an undersized big man who, who has really no offensive game to speak of. I love his effort and I love his hustle, but he's one of those guys that so has to have the exact right circumstance and situation. And there are just so many of those guys who are already looking for work that I feel like he's better off going overseas. You know? Unless he wants to stick around the G League and, and play on that contract, maybe he can get like an Exhibit 10 deal if he wants to take that route with another organization. But you like guys who have that work ethic, who have that hustle within them. But John Williams ain't going to be with this organization any longer. So best of luck to him as he moves forward. Now, I'm kind of getting tired of talking about Kawhi. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Not because I, I'm bitter or the Lakers should even be bitter, but just because at a certain point, you got to move on from what's not yours. If that's not a deep life lesson, I don't know what is. Okay, but at a certain point, you just got to move on because it's it's not something you're going to grasp into your into the palm of your hand. Right. It's over. It's done with. Goodbye. Finito. It never existed. A lot of Lakers fans confuse its reality because it felt so close at times, but it never truly existed. But I do want to just bring up one last thing with him. You know, after he made his decision, you know, we had the press conference and. Uh, Chris Haynes, who, you know, if you're not following Chris Haynes, man, Yahoo now, I, I really don't know what you're doing. Like, I, if you call yourself a basketball fan and if you've got the tweet notifications on for Woj, for Shams, you need to put it on for my man Chris, too, because he has got the inside scoop of inside scoops. He's the one who broke the Kawhi news. He's got the the source with LeBron's camp. I mean, he he is in the circle to be in. Okay. And Chris Haynes got Kawhi Leonard to say more than anyone has even tried to attempt. Or or I shouldn't even say try to attempt because I'm sure people have tried. But Chris Haynes got more than uh, basically every media member combined this season before Kawhi's free agency. He got it in one interview. Okay? 
And and just to visit something real quick, I, I have to put this out there. I just find it sort of fascinating that more people seem to be buying into the idea that was put forth by the athletic of Kawhi inside Kawhi's path to the Clippers and all these inside anonymous sources sort of poo-pooing the Lakers. But Kawhi himself in the conversation of Chris Haynes was like, ah, yeah, uh, Magic kind of talking about it publicly, like that really wasn't a factor for me. So we're going to believe uh, anonymity over the guy himself. I mean, I just think that's such a dangerous road to go down. But that's a conversation for a different day. Okay, if the guy's telling you an answer, you gotta you gotta take him for his word. Okay, you just have to. Anyway, but Kawhi said, "No, nah, it's really had no impact." You know, and the Lakers were close. Kawhi said, "You know, look, if the Clippers didn't pull off basically the miracle for Paul George, I- I'm wearing a Lakers jersey." And the reality is, you know, the Clippers are getting a lot of praise for landing Kawhi, and they should, right? But all this about what the Clippers did it the right way and the process and this and that, it still required an 11th hour Hail Mary Paul George trade in order to cross the finish line. Okay? So are we going to discount that entire process if the result was different? No. So let's just be mindful of how we evaluate things when they come to the forefront. But the Lakers have a very good team. I'm not looking at this team as, oh, this is the Kawhi-less Lakers. I'm looking at this team as, hey, this is the Lakers with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis, with Danny Green, with Kyle Kuzma, with Avery Bradley, and DeMarcus Cousins, and JaVale McGee, and Catavis Caldwell-Pope, and Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, Rajon Rondo, all these guys, Taylor Horton Tucker, shout out to you, man, okay? Be excited for the guys who are on this team. Be excited for the guys who wear the purple and gold. Don't be mad about those who choose other paths, right? Kyle Kuzma tweeted out a great quote the other day, and this is how we'll end the show. Comparison is the thief of joy. I love it. Because as soon as you start comparing, it's not about what you got. It's about what you don't have, what other people might have or or don't have. Just be focused on joy instead of comparison. Right? This is the best Lakers team we've been privileged to watch in a while. Enjoy them. Can't wait for training camp. Can't wait to be back with you guys. Until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.